lesbians have taken over the softball fields. So? Lesbians are good neighbors. Get off me! I'm straight! So spaghetti till you get it heated up. <gasps> Hi, welcome to Queer Horror Cult. Welcome back. Welcome, welcome back, whichever it is. <laughs> yeah, um, hopefully a bit of both. Just yeah, like... both are equally valid and we appreciate them all. Yeah, we appreciate everybody, new and old. Anyway, uh, if you couldn't tell by our weird-ass intro, we have a very special episode for mm -hmm. you today, dear to our hearts. Um, but maybe before we get into that, let's go through our recommendations from last week. Just real quick. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so uh, you recommended... Night of the Comet. Yeah, yeah. And why did you pick this one? Um, just going off of that kind of theme from last time of where do you go when the world ends? The yeah. mall! <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Um, it was a great moment in the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you get that idea there again about property and who owns this now that the owners are presumably gone. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, it is kind of interesting because there's a lot of the movie isn't so much them facing the evils that are now lurking this a destroyed world. A lot of it is just them with nothing to do. Like, mm -hmm. like what the fuck? We're the last people here. And you get a moment of that conflict when they're at the mall because they go after some free capitalism and bites them in the ass when the people who own the mall now yeah uh like how dare you come into our place and try and steal our wares that you know they're not going to sell it to anybody there's no one left to sell it to no but they're the ones with the guns so yeah exactly to make the rules you learn that very quickly mm-hmm now it's a good movie it's always entertaining it's and fun. fun yeah i understand there's a remake possibly coming yeah that's which, what i heard that really recently because uh which could be interesting, but also bumps me out a bit, because I had an idea for a remake that would have been really gay. Mm -hmm. No, I think all I heard about it was that a particular director had been tapped for it, mm -hmm. supposedly. I don't yeah. remember if it was confirmed, or it was yeah. just kind of speculation, but I'm, we'll see, I guess. I mean, I guess at some point there's rumors for just about every movie's being remade. This is true. Yeah, whether it happens or not. Yeah, but no, good choice. Thank you. And then I went ahead and picked a movie that we had just watched because <laughs> uh, I guess I, I didn't really want to put my thinking cap on. And we watched Intruder. Yes. That was fun. Yeah, what did you think of that one? That was the first time watch for you, right? It was, yeah. Um, yeah, it was fun. Didn't, you know, kind of kept the mystery up pretty well as far as, like, who's, who's behind all these killings? Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a good cast. It was... Fun seeing two Raimis get yep. destroyed <laughs> in various ways. Two goofy, goofy Raimis being yes. goofy. Yeah, no, that, that's a fun one. Yeah. I liked it. It was, um, it's shockingly violent, too. It is, yeah. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty gruesome at parts. Yeah, some great effects work <laughs> by, yeah. I believe it's K&B, um, 
Yeah, well, they did a lot of great movies through the <laughs> 90s. Yeah. Well, if they did this one, too, it was excellent. Mm-hmm. So if there's anyone playing along at home, uh, what were your thoughts on these choices? You could uh, always tweet at us, get yeah. us on Insta, Facebook. Even if you haven't watched them yet, you could go watch them and then yeah, even, get back at us. Even if you don't get back at us, you should go watch them, but yes. if you do, get back at us. Yeah. Yeah, let's... It doesn't matter if it was, like, from several episodes ago by the time you get around to it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to take us several episodes to read the damn message. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, we see a notification pop up and we're instantly like, (gasps) drop everything else and have to go see. Oh my god, people. Yeah, (laughs) interacting with us in our our stupid podcast. That's kind of a trip, isn't it? It is. It's pretty cool. It's like, what? Not gonna lie. (laughs) People want to hear what we're saying and I don't have to pay them first? they're responding to it? Wow. Yeah. No, it's, um... Cool, cool. It is cool. So should we get on to the uh, main course? Special topic? Yeah, well, you know me pretty well. Mm-hmm. I would say. I, I would say, too. And you know that I have a super strong love of Italian horror movies. I do know this. Now, you're Italian. Had you had much experience with these movies prior to us joining forces and watching all these trashy movies together? I had not. I do remember taking Italian classes... I did in high school, and then it was my university ones where the professor, God, I don't remember the what prompted the discussion, but she just, somehow in a class discussion, she brought up Suspiria, and was saying it's like, Ooh, so classic. scary, and she's like, oh, it's too, it's like the scariest movie I've yeah. seen, like, I was like, oh, okay, um, okay, I'll tuck that little piece of knowledge little in the nugget. back of my mind, you know, file it away for future reference. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually watch it until we joined forces, as you put it. See, I thought you were going to tell a different story about Italian class. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I can tell a story about the same prof. Um, the pet, the, yeah. Yeah, okay, I can tell that. Yeah, I, um, not long, I mean, I don't know, maybe like a year before we met, I started learning about, like, exploitation films right. and, and all these things, and I remember kind of approaching all these sort of, like, shocking movies, especially in the sort of more Mm -hmm. horror-type area, Um, they were very notorious-sounding, and so I kind of, like, psyched myself up a little bit for some of them without seeing them. And, of course, you know, you you read about what happens in the movie, and whatever you picture in your mind is always a million times worse than anything they could actually show on screen. And so I, you know, was looking into movies that, like, push the envelope and all this stuff, and I... Maybe one of the first ones was... um, yeah, it's funny. It was actually for my Italian class in high school. We would have to bring in a piece of, like, news we found on, like, Libero or some other Italian news website. Right. And just, like, every, you know, because it was Saturday morning. It wasn't offered at my school. I had to drive across town every Saturday morning to go take it. Um, you bring your little bit of news in with you, and you just, like, summarize it to the class to practice speaking. And so I was on, I think it was even just Libero. Yeah. Which is, yeah. 
kind of like, I don't know, like MSN, like you can get your email address through there kind of thing. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a new state, or they... I don't know if it's station, but they, they're a website that po- publishes news right. in Italian. And I was looking for something interesting to, to talk about. And I didn't end up talking about it, but I ended up remembering this piece of information mm-hmm. because it was reporting from the film festival that a Serbian film was first screened oh, at. Oh, God. Yeah. And the walkouts and the faintings and the having to cut a minute or something of footage from, like, they wouldn't let... A, I can assume we can know which scene they wouldn't allow to be screened yeah. at the fest. But anyway, I was thinking like, oh, like what is this? And then I saw some of the screen caps from it, and I was like, this looks really arty. Uh, like, I remember that was playing in London, or supposed to be. I <laughs> almost went to the screening because it was notorious for being mm. like the most. Well, well, yeah. yeah. Anyone who um, knows knows, yeah. But then, I'm pretty sure I ended up not going. And I'm kind of glad I did because the screening got pulled, and instead they played Buried with Ryan Reynolds. Which I have not uh. seen. I'm not <laughs> knocking that movie in particular, but imagine imagine hyping yourself up to go see something of that. Go that. see a Serbian film for the first time, and getting to see a Ryan Reynolds movie. Get to see like a vanishing knockoff. <laughs> Again, I haven't <laughs> seen it, so I can't really criticize. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, so I, I was looking into that, and then I was re- so I think I was reading about it, being like, oh, I don't know if I can. I think I, you know, on my on my uh, iPod Classic, because I didn't have I didn't have a phone that could play video yet. Anyway, so yeah, looking to that one, it was like, oh, what else is out there? Oh, there's there's Salo, the 120 Years of Sodom. Uh, there's this, yes. there's that, all these things, and so so back to Italian, Italian class, class, which is now my university level. Another one. Italian class. Yeah, we were doing a listening activity where it was a conversation between two friends. They were talking about going to catch a catch a movie, and it's one of you know listening activity where you hear this conversation, and then you're asked a bunch of questions that are like true or false. They did the friend said this, and if oh, it's wrong, you have those. to yeah you have to answer in a full sentence what the actual thing is. So when the question came around, it was um, like oh so the the director of the friend said they were going to go see a film by was it Fellini, and I you know my hand shot up and I was like no it was Pasolini, and my prof goes and she's like oh you see like that's correct like. And then I asked the class, you know, does anybody know any of any <laughs> films by Pier Paolo Pasolini? And I just kind of start nodding slowly and very, you know, very grim and just yeah. expecting an answer, probably like the Decameron or... Which is great. Yeah, or something like, you know, which is also excellent. Yeah. And so I think she said a couple and then she's like, okay, which one have you, have you seen? And, uh, or which one do you know of? And I was like, Il Centoventi Giornate di Sodoma. <laughs> and she replied... Oh, mamma mia, un film molto controverso. <laughs> and I saw my, my friend in the class beside me write down the title. I was like, don't watch that. Don't, <laughs> don't watch, watch that. You're, you're sweet and lovely. and you, Go watch the Decameron or the, I don't know, Canterbury Tales or some shit. Like, yeah. Watch anyone but that. <laughs> oh, Lord. That's funny, though, because that reminds me of when we first met. <laughs> uh, we both work at the same worked at the same grocery store, different departments. Yeah, intruder style. Yeah, intruder style. <laughs> um, and we just started talking because what else are you gonna do when you're standing around at work waiting for waiting rich for assholes 11, to ask 15, for hands? Eleven o'clock to come, so you can lock the doors and kick everybody out. Yeah, but we started hanging out just outside of. Yeah, we and found out that like. We both really like horror, and yeah. you. I found out you have this massive film collection, mm-hmm. and we're collecting the video nasties and all these films, and so 
yeah, that sort of first um, proposition to, to hang out that wasn't just walking around after work outside until 3 yeah, a.m. Yeah, well, like grab, grab our six-pack and walk <laughs> yeah. around out in the, in the neighborhood. Suburbs, yeah. yeah. No, it was, it was just like, okay, you have a copy of Solo. I want to see it. I don't want to watch it alone. Can, yeah. Can we watch it together? So that You're was like, sure. That was our first not drinking at 3 a.m. after work hangout, yeah. watching Solo. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess what? Like, our first sort of date? After, like, when, when we were like, hey, we, we like each other and mm-hmm. all that, uh, first thing we did was watch Happiness together. I thought Happiness was, like, like the second oh, movie okay. we watched I, together. Because it all kind of happened within, like, a month. It did, so, yeah. yeah. No, for, we, we did Solo, Happiness, mm-hmm. Irreversible, all that shit before we were actually dating. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. That's a foundation. It is. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's... Uh, very, <laughs> very, uh, um, tangential solo story. Extremely tangential. Yeah. But, yeah, Italian horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of different types out yes. there. We're going to be talking a very specific type uh, for this episode, and we'll try and hit some other ones at a later date, but just to kind of start a bit. Oh, good God, they love to just rip off mm-hmm. like what was was hot at the time and yeah. then do their own weird exploitation spin on it <laughs> and gotta say a lot of the time these became better than the movies they were ripping off or at least like they were definitely good in, in their, their own, own right, right. Yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> like there's the infamous example of zombie mm-hmm. or in the uk as it was banned uh, zombie flesh eaters but in italy it was released as zombie 2 as a sequel to Zombie, Dawn of the Dead. Because that's what they released Dawn of the Dead as. In Italy, yeah, Zombie. So Zombie 2 was, we're going to make a sequel. Or, we're not going to make a sequel, but we're going to make a movie that sounds like it's a sequel. Yeah. So people will go see it thinking it's a sequel. And it's, they couldn't really be more different as far as no, zombie movies really go. <laughs> um, I think they're both fantastic. Actually, they I, are. I watched Zombie earlier today when I was doing that uh, effects work. Well, of course you did. And, yeah, I did. Um, the, Zombie, damn it. The, we'll watch it again soon because I, will, I can yeah. watch that movie all day long. Fair enough. But the new Blu-ray from Blue Underground is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never seen this movie look this good. Uh, worm head face man. Oh, so much worm face. It's great. <laughs> um, you know, like, I haven't felt that scandalized by the the nasty eye gouge ah, scene since the first time I saw it. Extremely fulci moment. But yeah, no, looking great. But then that was followed by a Zombie 3 and Zombie 4. Mm-hmm. That, like, Zombie 3 was released as Zombie Flesh Eaters 2 in, uh, <laughs> in England, I think. Um, Zombie 4 was, like, called Zombie 4 After Death. And so maybe, <laughs> it, maybe it was Zombie Flesh Eaters 3, I don't know. And then they took random movies and dubbed them as zombie movies. Like, oh. there's, like, <laughs> Killing Birds with Zombie 5 under some releases. Nice. Uh, this is not, like, just confined to this. Like, I don't even need to go into the Evil Dead La Casa <laughs> movies. That is a mess. Yes. But you can get very confused and you have to pay attention because if you want to start collecting these things, you could very well unwittingly buy several copies of the same movie and not realize it because it's just... Until they've arrived out. and you open it, you're like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> well, I guess I did that in Berlin. I, I bought, recently, I yeah. bought a, a copy of Tenderness of the Wolves, which I already had, but it was under a German title that I had confused with a different movie. So I thought I would. I didn't realize I was buying Tenderness of the Wolves. It was during a bit of a 
we were, what, at the gay bookstore, and I was losing my mind at all the cool shit there. Yeah. You were just like, this is the movie I want. Yeah, so I nabbed that and a copy of Henry and Glenn Forever, the uh, comic book about Henry Rollins and Glenn Danzig being a loving couple. Yes, and I think that's where I got the Pasolini movie. Like, yeah, Pasolini oh, by uh, Abel Ferrara, who yeah. did uh, Driller Killer, that's which right. we will come to we at some will. point. Yeah, so that was a good one. Yeah, but so these movies are ridiculous mess. They often come out of uh, rip-offs, but they're so unique in, they in their own right. Um, like you'd mentioned Suspiria earlier. Uh, I mean, it just got a remake mm -hmm. that, uh, if, imagining if the name is popping up to We're going to see it in like know. a week. Yeah, right, right. That's Yeah, we're finally going to get to watch it, so. Yeah, we, we missed we it in its back. very brief theatrical run here, but it's Yeah, it was like here for like a week, and that was the week that it's like, death in the family, and finally, yeah. final project for a course, and just like all the shit came raining down at once, so we didn't get to go, but. We are getting a second chance. Yeah, our repertory view that plays all the cool shit. They'll be screening it. So, yes. um, but you know that's uh, kind of the go-to primer for just Italian the weirdness because <laughs> it's got a good blend of the weirdness with the sort of mainstream appeal. Mm -hmm. um, we will probably talk about this at length in a different episode as well. Oh hell yeah! Uh, but you know these are movies you've heard of before, and there's all these weird little genres that come about. Like you got your. Uh, Nunsploitation, your really shittily offensive uh, Nazi exploitation, which they're usually set in like death camps. Yep. And they're just they're gross. They really are, yeah. And it's, it's uh, like, like a woman in prison movie, which is already gross, but set in Auschwitz. It's like yeah. And it, well, yeah. I say who the fuck wants to watch this, knowing that I've seen so many of yeah, them. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> to be fair, I was like writing a paper about them, <laughs> but I'd be lying if I said they didn't like have a weird little place in my heart. I think, well, because of, like, the Night Porter, right? Yeah, but also because I think that it's just, like, if you can take a, if you can take a step back, which sounds so terrible, because, you know, but, like, I don't blame anyone if they can't or think Oh, God, them. no. Like, if they can't, that's that's so valid. These are trash. But if you, if you are able to, like I am, take a step back and just realize that these guys who made these movies are just trying so hard to be offensive edgelords yeah, and like edgelord. do everything they can be like are you offended yet are you offended yet like, i can't help but laugh and it's just like yeah you're gonna flay a woman okay like yeah like, or sorry enough like flambe yeah a right, woman right. and then a bunch of nazis eat her i'm that not movie, tell you what movie that's that, that movie i i will admit the first time i saw it i was pretty shook yeah like it's um, scandalizing but yeah if you it's just so look, cheese too it's so yeah but yeah and you just you see there's like are you offended yet are you offended yet and it's just like <laughs> Bro. Well, apparently <laughs> like, it worked, because the reason I've seen so many of these is they were banned as video yeah. nasties. That's true. Um, we collect them. Uh, yeah. One thing we did fairly recently, and we've done this in the past, too, is there's, um, we've gone to Rome, mm -hmm. and there's this great little store that deals in all of this kind of stuff called Profondo Rosso. And why does it deal in this kind of stuff? Because it's a store that deals in this kind of stuff. Because and it's owned and operated <laughs> by Dario Argento and Luigi Cozzi themselves. Yes, thank you for, for taking the fast route to what I was getting to. <laughs> Which, like, um, it just it deals in this stuff. It's really cool. It's like, but Argento himself. <laughs> yeah, Argento himself. And there is a museum to his mm -hmm. flicks in the basement. That's, uh, we'll post pics. Yeah, yeah. We should post them from our account. Yeah. So we have enough of them. It was a lead up sure. to. I think I was even thinking as a lead up to releasing this, we might be like post some article. Oh, cool. Article. Sorry, post photos and be like, guess what we're talking about. Yeah. 
But that was a that was a cool place. We have mm. a really uh, mixed bag, great, and also a bummer of a story oh. from when we were there earlier this year. Yeah. Um, Luigi Cozzi, a.k.a. Louis Coates, uh, he has directed some flicks that you may or may not have seen, like Star Crash, a.k.a. Italian Star Wars. The Italian ripoff of Star Wars. Contamination, that... which borrows a lot from Alien the and Italian Aliens. Italian ripoff of Alien when it was um, on peak. Not the only one. There are so oh, many enough. Alien ripoffs, but uh, <laughs> that seems to be his bread and butter. Yeah. He, he also did The Killer Must Kill Again. I believe, which I haven't actually seen yet. That's a blind spot for me. Mm -hmm. uh, but he also wrote one of my all-time favorite Italian movies, Four Flies on Great Velvet. And so he was at the store, and I was able to get him to sign my copy and get a photo with him. So that was, uh, mm -hmm. that was fun. Uh, but then he also informed us that... Oh, you should have been here 20... D Dario was visiting... was at the store not 20 minutes ago. Yeah. And we were, and it was what like our third or fourth time stopping by that trip, like yeah. just in case. And we were just like, man, like yeah. fuck us for stopping and getting gelato. Like yeah, the gelato was really God fucking damn. good. <laughs> um, I would feel less regrets if that was the only gelato we had this trip, but we ate gelato daily, every and sometimes so, twice daily. So, so you know, doing fuck that us. kind of <laughs> fucked us. Um, great store, great museum. Uh, I blew way more money than I had. Actually, I did have money. I, I was running on savings. I yeah. just don't now because of things like this. Yeah. Fucking great store, though. I'm wearing a shirt from there right now. So or one of the movies we're going to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we're going to talk about. So enough of this beating about the bush. I suppose we should get to the main topic of the day. Sure. Uh, we are going to be talking about the Jalo movie. My, uh, one of my favorite subgenres <laughs> of horror film ever. And Quick Primer? Quick primer, sure, sure, sure. Giallo is Italian for yellow. And mm -hmm. do, you want, do you want to explain why these movies are, are yellow? You go for it. You, you go want for me it. to? Okay. Yeah. Well, they're based off of, did, like, did British detective? They're, they're British, like, right? And like, German and okay. stuff. Like, they're translated. Yeah. Like, translated into Agatha Italian. Christie was a big one. Yeah. Edgar Wallace. All these um, detective novels that were always printed with yellow covers. Yeah. And uh, spines and stuff, so... Yeah, the, the film adaptations of these just got called Giallo. And that's like the, the name of the genre. I, I don't know exactly when it became, like, the official name of the genre, but, like, we mm. went through the uh, bookstore in uh, Termini Station, and they had uh, several-shelf-long Giallo section. They did, yeah. And, and, it, and it was even, like, contemporary, like, mm -hmm. just released this year books. Yeah. So, yeah, it's still very much... A thing. It's not. It's not like an antiquated term yeah. that only applies to a certain period. Purists will probably say, as far as films go, okay, the Jalo sure, is but dead. As far as the, uh, yeah, but whatever. It, it's kind of like <laughs> on the outside looking in. Yeah. There's this very set period of about like the mid '60s to the mid '70s where these are the pure Jalo movies and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. They had to be from Italy. They had to be from these directors. Whereas in Italy, they, you know seen German giallos or Spanish giallo movies. I shouldn't say giallos. It's jolly. <laughs> um, that was a thing. Like, mm -hmm. I, I recently watched a Spanish one called uh, Dragonfly for Every Corpse starring Paul Nashi, and it was great fun. Uh, in my opinion, it's up there with uh, a lot of the good ones from Italy. But depending on who you talk to, it won't count because of uh, country of origin, and I'm not here to get into a uh, pissing so battle over semantics or anything. Um... <laughs> So, in some sense, they're just strictly Italian flicks from this thing. But in the broader sense, they're 
thrillers that have a lot of these really identifiable tropes that mm -hmm. have since been folded into the American slasher movie. Yeah. Um, great example of uh, a non-Italian director who's sort of holding up the realm over here would be Brian De Palma's movies, especially his early ones. They're just, they're jalo, black club <laughs> killers with all the red herrings and the yeah. camera work. It's like, yeah, that's, that's not revolution, uh, uh, like any sort of like revelatory statement from anyone who's mm -hmm. given notice to these movies. But yeah, so some of those tropes that always, always come up, and I'm pretty sure they are in every one of the movies we are talking about yeah. today, or just about, probably the biggest staple would be the black leather gloves. Of the killer, Keller yeah. always wears black leather driving gloves. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a look. It's a, it's a look that I think the, the uh, queer horror crowd needs to bring to themselves to kind of combine with that sort of a Theo from Haunting of Hill House mm -hmm. gloves look. Yeah. Let's, let's make them Jallo gloves. Yeah, the Jallo killers walk so Theo could run. <laughs> exactly um so i think that's a look that we need to uh really embrace Re appropriate yeah yeah um of course you know i'm an idiot who has those has leather black gloves that are my winter gloves because i don't actually have real winter gloves and my hands are always going numb all yeah, the like, time yeah i wear like like Two or three pairs of gloves. Those little, like, knit ones underneath. Like a dollar it and say what. <laughs> but I look fucking fancy. So, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Uh, what's another show? Um, fashion models. Or oh, yeah. Fashion. Like, there's, yeah. Fashion. Fashion. Yeah, ladies <laughs> models, being photographers. very well-dressed. Yeah. If you're not seeing the photo shoots and stuff happening and the main character's not a model, then at the very least you hear about someone's someone's wife is off in, in Milan doing a photo shoot. She'll be back later. Like, yeah. We overheard, you know, th that was in a line of dialogue, I think. One yes. of the ones we just yeah, watched. Yeah, exactly. But, so. but like you were saying, the fashion in general, too. Mm -hmm. Like, everyone in these movies looks so great. <laughs> oh, they're so stylish. It's, uh... Yes. They look like they just walked out of some kind of, like, 70s catalog. Yeah. <laughs> um... But then there's also heavy style throughout the film, too. Mm -hmm. Like, uh... No, everything is so stylized. The music, the, the architecture, the set dressings, like, everything about the everything lighting, is just... The filming, even. It's it's beautiful, yeah. You gotta love their over-abuse of the zoom lens. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> they abuse the zoom they lens do. like crazy. They do. It's... It's a style. It is. It's a thing to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Oh, we another, get, another trope? Sorry, yeah, go sorry, for it, go for it. Is um, somebody see, witnesses something that they, you know, stumbles upon a mystery yes. or witnesses a murder or witnesses, something happens that they get... Usually an outsider's the witness. Yeah, you know, outside, they're not yeah, a somebody cop who has nothing and they're to often do. a foreigner. Yeah, that's true. Someone who has nothing to do with anything just happens upon this and they're, they get, they all of a sudden fall down this like conspiracy rabbit hole mm -hmm. of like... Somehow people are trying to kill them for what they saw, but they don't yeah. even know what they saw. And they play amateur detective to they try do, and figure yeah. it out. But yeah, that not knowing, the sort of memory of what they saw, there's always that thing where it's like, there's something about it that I can't quite remember. Like, I remember it, but I don't remember it. Yeah. That's remember? a common one that yeah. comes up. Uh, and with those misdirections, there's, of course, red herrings. Mm. Red herrings oh, everywhere. The there's constantly, like, oh, this clue must be really important. It ties to this person. Oop, that person just got run over. Yeah. Shit, I guess we're at square one. <laughs> Yeah, no, by by the end of some of them, you're just like, okay, it was everybody. Like, <laughs> yeah, you pointed at everybody at some point, and like, maybe them, maybe. 
At a certain so. point, it's not so much who did it. Who done it? Uh, it's a lot of it's the why because you love yeah. the uh, weird psychosexual um, <laughs> backstory behind yes. why they're murdering. No kidding. Um, the how they're caught is always great because of the pseudoscience involved. Oh, where it's like God, we're yeah. going to attach electrodes to his nutsack, and it's going to tell us like about the print out last document. scampi he ate, which was from <laughs> Napoli. And oh my God, that means that George was the killer. Exactly. Just some weird, random, batshit shit. <laughs> um, and then, of course, there's the ride of the movie. It's like, you know, when you actually sit there and pull at the threads at the end, a lot of the time you're like, well, that person couldn't have been the killer, but they were. Okay, I'll just, okay, I'll smile and nod. Yeah, just so, so much respect for the ones that when you actually look at over it afterwards, you're like, oh, it adds up. Yeah. Cool, it <laughs> works. Yeah. And, and if everything makes sense, too, yes. then that's, that's a big one. Oh, and I, I guess another great trope, since we're doing the tropes and stuff, are the titles. Oh, The fucking yes. titles of these movies. They are just... Oh, jeez. Um, there's a great website out there called Giallo Scores. I believe they have a podcast now. Hmm. Um, but they set up this criteria for... These are the, the items that show up in Giallo, and they attribute to, like, does the black gloves show up in the movies? Is it by an Italian director... Is there red herring? Is there a bottle of Jane's? Is there a by Goblin? Yeah, like all these things that if they show up, it gets points. And then it's like scoring, like how high does this rank? How jello is this jello? Exactly, how jello is this jello? One of the things on there that is very apt is, does the title contain an animal, a uh, number, a color, or the word death? <laughs> and... It's so great because so many of these titles just like the killer reserved nine seats, red cats in a glass labyrinth. Um, I think my favorite title, the translated version of it, is uh, "Your Vice is a Locked Room and Only I Have the Key." Mm-hmm. The That's title crazy. is most of the poster. Yeah, <laughs> but then I, what was one of the other tropes having like ten different names because. I it's think not that is literally a, translated. I think all that's, the a, time. that's a, a post-release trope. But yeah, because uh, oh god, I recently watched uh, "What Have They Done to Your Daughters?" Really bleak movie. Uh, but the, I believe the Italian title is "La Polizia Chiederto," which translates to, if I said it right, um, "The Police Call for Help." Mm-hmm. But the police call for help. What have they done to your daughters? It's yeah. it's close. I see where the translation error has. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so these movies, they're very stylized, they're very great, and if you somehow don't know about them, I, I mean, I guess they are very cult appeal, they're so I niche. can appreciate why some people don't. Mm-hmm. But if you haven't, I totally recommend it. We will be recommending some later. Oh, yeah. Uh, but without further ado, I guess we should get to our uh, topic. Yes. are going to talk about the overabundance of really bad depictions and stereotypes of gay and lesbians in these <laughs> movies. And, that, and and at least one bisexual. Yep, there is a bisexual sneak in there. That kind of surprised me. But yeah. but don't don't worry, the depiction of them is just awful. So Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, it's, it's exactly as bad as you would think. Yeah. As far as like all the worst stereotypes and everything. As a queer person, whenever I watch these, I have to just, like, flashback to, like, Last House on the Left, and in my mind I just have to think, like, it's only a movie. It's only a movie. It's only a movie. Um, Well, we still love them, so, like, we're kind of talking about I love, love them. And unironically, so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
But, ooh, they are bad. I think that's a Jalo score. Uh, one of the points is, is there a gay or lesbian character in it? Because they show up so often. They do. And they Even are if it's unstated, so... It's, they're just always so, like, flamboyant. And oh, that's the worst. Like, I feel so bad where it's just like, oh, there was a gay dude, and then it's like, wait, they never said he was gay. Oh, okay, so you just assumed he was because of I'm the sorry, way I'm sorry, it's an Italian movie. And I know, I know, but it's one of those things where it's if just, like, shame If you're seeing a, a depiction of an Italian or European guy, and you're like, is he gay? Like... It's so over the top that even like you're wondering like even well, though he's European, the straightness is, is so over the top because of all the machismo yeah. dripping off yeah. of everybody. So, so um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess uh, talk about these movies. We we watched Dario Argento's first director, uh, his directorial debut, debut um, *Bird with the Crystal Plumage*, also known as *Lucello dalle Piume di Cristallo*. So that is a literal title that translation. That one actually translates, Not one yeah. of those, uh, this says one thing and that says the other. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of this movie? This was the first time I watched for you, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I, I liked it. Mm -hmm. I found it pretty easy to follow for the most part, yeah. which is not always true of yeah. these movies, of Italian horror in general. Yeah, you have to pay attention because there's a lot going on, mm -hmm. but it's not... Um, the plot works. It flows. It does, yeah. yeah. It wasn't like... I always think back to Suspiria where I'm going to go talk to this guy and he's going to be like, so witches. And, and you're just like, hold You're like, where did on. that come from? <laughs> Stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I liked it. It's It was fun. It kind of kind of keeps you guessing like, mm -hmm. where you, you think you know who the killer is and then, oh, it's not. You were wrong. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, no, it was, and it was, it was cool seeing, like you mentioned, there's that whole trope of the... You know, I witnessed this, but I can't trust my memory because... Well, as you uh, mentioned, but yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you went into it one more detail, okay. I think. But anyway. anyway yeah. Um, yeah, it was, was kind of... Because you, you keep seeing him replaying this in his mind, and what you... Because you kind of witness it through his eyes, so mm -hmm. you think you... You see what he what he thinks he sees, at least. And then he's kind of going over in his head. He's like, something's not right. He just knows something's not right, so he's constantly flashing back to it. Yeah, and you're seeing um, it again, you're like, what is he missing? Like, I can see it all clearly. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it, <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, I, I quite like that one. Mm -hmm. um, it's got some humor to it and it some does. goofy characters, but I didn't think... I, I felt actually kind of like uh, the new Halloween movie, where for me, the humor didn't detract from the thriller plot in this, mm -hmm. just like the humor in that didn't detract from the horror yeah, of it. exactly. Uh, there were these goofy moments with characters, like there were parts that I was just laughing at. Same. <laughs> um, or laughing with. <laughs> and... Uh, but it still worked as a cool thriller. It does. Uh, it features probably one of the most giallo Italian murder scenes ever, in which a killer with black gloves and a straight razor off someone in one of those tiny elevators. It's like an old ass closet dumbwaiter. They had to pull the doors <laughs> and they go creak, and then we get been on in. Many in Italy, and you have <laughs> the, everything's manual, and you think this is the day I die. Yeah. This is the day I die. Uh, but you think it's because you're gonna fall, not because not some because, yeah. maniac with a Exactly. Razor's gonna get you. Uh, yeah, but the gayness. Oh, oh the gayness. Oh. <laughs> okay, I think we should just open up what, right off the bat with my favorite fucking line. Mm, the girl who was murdered. Ah, oh, the poor, poor girl. What a terrible way to end. What was she like? Oh, lovely girl. <laughs> but uh, 
a little unusual, you know. Oh? Well, yes. It was said that uh, she preferred women. Oh. oh. I couldn't care less. Of course not. <laughs> I'm no racist, for heaven's sake. <laughs> this is a sequence where he goes to an antique store, and that is the antique dealer, talking about the woman who used to work for him. Who was a murder victim because at this point he's, he, you know, he witnessed the first murder. He's playing amateur detective, mm -hmm. trying to put together the pieces, follow the, the trails. Yeah, because there's been this string of murders mm -hmm. um, related to it that he's come caught up in. Yeah, yeah, related to what he witnessed, mm -hmm. the attack. Yeah. So he's yeah, sleuthing around, trying to retrace this young woman's last steps and mm -hmm. kind of see what, what, ha what, what happened in the moments leading up to... Her murder. Yeah. And the guy who says the hilarious line, the I'm no racist line, <laughs> uh, he has got sort of the ver this very fey mannerism about him. Like, mm -hmm. he's very mincing, I guess you could say. <laughs> like, pressed suit. He's sort of like... And it's like, it's like a like blue, like light blue. Yeah, like yeah. He's got the blue. hand gesticulations he and all does. that. And the very lilting voice yes, that goes all over. And the, and the cheeks that are just like rosy. and Yeah, <laughs> but my favorite part about this is that the main dude, Tony Mustaine, is like clearly uncomfortable. Oh, he's visibly him, uncomfortable. But he's not, he doesn't say anything. Like no. he doesn't tell the guy to stop. He doesn't act outwardly homophobic, which was nice. Mm -hmm. But the entire time, the guy is just slowly walking closer, and Tony Mustaine is just like, yeah, that's nice. Uh -huh, like, oh, just yeah, and, just, like, kind of and he just starts back. picking things up picking and handing them to him. Like, he just, like, <laughs> picks up a candelabra thing and, like, hands it to him, just to, like, keep the dude occupied. Just like, keep yes, space yes. between them. Guy comes, grabs another statue, oh, yes, hands it to him. And it's just this fucking hilarious <laughs> moment. Amazing. Oh, um, wow. But... Yeah, as a, as a... On the flip side to that character... The woman that they're talking about. Um, it was said that she preferred women. Yeah, exactly. He, uh, that is like the defining. Like that does not come up in the plot. Past that, it's I, just no. It really doesn't. Like that is the one detail we get about her yeah. that could be considered a clue into her demise. Well, no, you find out about the the what she's the, her last sale she met, she made before that's true yeah, that's, that, that's true. more that's way yeah. later but i mean like as far as like an early like what could what, what could is her involvement motive? it's like oh she's gay yeah you're like or oh, supposedly okay. she's gay right, it's not yeah. even that she is gay it's that she there's a possibility really that she preferred women yeah yeah so and yeah and then it can't help but wonder because so many you see, i don't know you, you always see it as a that whole idea of the, the, what do they call them in Criminal Minds? The, um, the one who goes out to clean up the streets. It's not a vigilante, it's a... I get what you mean. Yeah, though. you know what I mean? Like, the one who's motivated to clean up the streets, quote-unquote. Like Travis Bickle from Taxi Driver. Yeah, that, that yeah. whatever they view as degenerate, which often means sex workers, drug dealers, Yeah, like, that they think pimps. they're the ultimate moralist or Yeah, something. but that can include not heterosexual people. It definitely does in a lot of the jello yeah. that we've seen. Exactly. Um, so that's why, it, it, you know, even though you might not think at the, you know, oh, this movie's from, like, the 70s, would that be a mode if it's, like, in, in a jello at least? Yeah, it very, it very well, well could, well could be. be. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, it's, it's not like homophobia is gone. That could definitely mm. be the motive for people today. But it's almost in this kind of way where it's, like, rather than, therefore, she was at risk to die, not therefore yeah. a homophobe came and killed her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's more um, just that moral coding where it's like, well, we're not saying anything outright homophobic, but she's the one who gets it. Yeah. Kind of thing, so. 
Yeah, so yeah. it's a weird moment, but it's the dialogue and the way it plays out. It's one of my favorite scenes it's in the entire amazing. movie. Oh, I love it's it. so fucking funny. So funny. Um, like, as an LGBTQ person, someone. <laughs> all of these things. As, as all of these things at once, somehow. In one person. No, uh, as a queer individual, I have a strong love for the trashy ways that queer people are depicted in these movies. Oh, yeah. It's... They're fun. It's like, <laughs> this is garbage, but I can't be offended because I'm laughing too hard. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, I, I kind of love it. Like, like yeah, these, I, are, these like, are bad and accurate depictions. Why are we actually but... like this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that... Okay. <laughs> Live your best life, my dude. I won't judge you. Thank you. <laughs> um... Uh, but this one was not super heavy on the queer content. No. Uh, cool thriller, nonetheless. Uh, I do recommend it. We watched uh, Arrow Videos release. They did some big old fancy set. Mm -hmm. uh, it might be on a regular version it's now. It's really, really uh, nice artwork. Yeah, we've got a poster, poster from it hanging. just hanging up in my in a where I edit this stupid show. <laughs> um, uh, before we move on, there's another great moment in Birdly Crystal Plumage that I almost forgot about. Where they are doing a, early on in the movie, they're doing a lineup to try and catch oh, the killer. Yeah. And it just cuts to the detectives all sitting in the chairs waiting for the lineup of criminals to come up. Perverts. And they're, yeah, and they're just like, all right, bring in the perverts. And just bring in a bunch of these dudes. <laughs> so assume it must be a sex criminal. Yeah, yeah. Like, who has yes. this crime. So they bring Which, in a I mean, bunch. Which, I mean, it stands to reason. Like, it stands to reason. Yeah. But as they bring them in and they're announcing them off, they bring in this one person and... They're a drag queen, I think, or or trans. Potentially, it's not. It's, they're referred to as a the, transvestite. Is it at the very least a crossdresser? Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Drag queen's not the right word. Crossdresser is what I meant. And uh, well, there's this great exchange. Right. Bring in the perverts. Now look at them carefully and see if you recognize anyone. The murderer could have gone back to the gallery that night to see if Mrs. Ranieri was dead. And we can't rule out the possibility that he is a pervert. Aldo Sarti, age 42, eight convictions. Sandro Lorani, age 35, exhibitionist, 12 arrests. Mario Zandri, age 66, four convictions. Giacomo Rossi, age 50, three convictions for corrupting the morals of minors. Rubatelli Luigi, alias Ursula Andres, no, no. Petrini. Yes, Inspector? What's this character doing here? How many times do I have to tell you Ursula Andres belongs with the transvestites, not the perverts? Well, I should hope so. And so that was just a fun fucking moment because mm -hmm. I would have expected a movie from 1970 to have the joke entirely at their expense. Yeah. Rather than just sort of at their expense. Yeah, but also in the like... What are you doing? Like, in this, they're the setup for the joke, not the punchline. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, and I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, like, it's very, like, humanizing. Yeah, I'll fucking take it's like, it. like, you know, this person doesn't belong with a sex pervert. It's like... Well, I should certainly hope not. <laughs> kind of exactly. put a bit of a divine spin on it, but... Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. I, I like it. <laughs> that was a fun moment. It was. But today, we watched, actually, not too long ago, before uh, recording this, we watched... Lucio Fulci's early Jello, um, Lizard in a Woman's Skin. Mm -hmm. He did a few, especially early on. Uh, this one was also called... Una lucertola con la pelle di donna. 
Bellissimo. So another one literal translate like the lizard with the with the skin of the with the woman's skin, yeah. the skin of the woman. We don't like, have like a an a situation with the one where in Italian it says something like red cats in the glass labyrinth and then in English it's eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is the Although one fuck, okay, since I thought of that, I do need to mention something about that. I did watch mm -hmm. that recently. And there was a very shocking moment in there in that this is like from seventy five. There's a character who actually has a major role and isn't portrayed shittily. It's a lesbian of color. Oh. Which I would, because, you know, it's one thing with the misogyny in these movies, mm -hmm. another thing with the homophobia, but yet another thing with the racism that you mm -hmm. see come in. Like, there's a lot of these things that they're both because of the, uh, the time, cultural context, religious context. Like, there's a whole bunch of different factors as to why these shitty things keep yeah. popping up in these movies. They're still shitty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's definitely no, not an excuse, not, just yeah. more why they're there. The context, yeah. yeah. Um, definitely doesn't excuse them. They can be mm -hmm. very shitty. But it, so it was really cool to see a uh, lesbian of color take yeah, on a I very important role in it. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Yeah, mm. um, I guess a queer woman of color. It's she could be bisexual too, not to a race, but in the context of this film, a woman we, who likes yeah. other women. In the context of this film, of we color. we just see her in a relationship with another woman. Cool, cool. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that was my little aside to eyeball. But back onto lizard with a woman's skin. Yes. This one is great for you uh, queer lovers because it fucking opens with <laughs> a fantasy orgy sequence walking through a train car and it turns into this long-ass hallway full of naked people just getting down all high as fuck. Yeah. And then when she reaches the end of the hallway, she falls. She's wearing this big luxurious fur coat thing because, you know, the whole fashion thing. She falls into this red satin room with a big bed in the middle of it and lets us out. Yeah. Like, that's how the movie fucking opens. Mm-hmm. And if there's one thing you'll know about these movies is as much as they are gross and male gazy, they also have some very strong women who love women appeal in that, yeah. like, everyone in them just has the greatest cheekbones and jawlines. Mm -hmm. Cheekbones and, and jawlines and, and passions and, and hair. And it's, you know, it's very conflicting <laughs> because it's very gross how gazy these movies can get. But at mm -hmm. the same time, it's just like, like, well, I'm here. I might as well sit back and enjoy, well enjoy it. enjoy <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyway, where was I going with that? I guess I finished my point. Oh, yeah. It just be begins with uh, a lady falling into bed with another lady. Shucks. We had to watch that. Mm. <laughs> watch it recur. <laughs> yeah, repeatedly. Yeah, because she's she, this, this woman, it's a dream sequence that she keeps, it's a dream she keeps having, and... We get to see her psychoanalyzed by a psychoanalyst. Oh, yeah, you loaded this one. Yeah, which is it, its yeah. own whole thing where it's like, oh, of course. Very Freud of with it. Of course, the, the lesbian part is just your your ego yeah. defending itself from like, I the anxiety I of. I expected that dude to just like go full Freud and deep throat a cigar, you know? Like, totally. Yeah, 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 exactly. No, instead he pulls a cigarette out for her at the end of her appointment. And she yeah, she gives him a little mouth. dick. Yeah. <laughs> No, that was really interesting because I was just like, oh, this is like some psychoanalysis. Oh, it was literally psychoanalysis taking place. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. That's fun. Because I've, I've been saying, like, there's so much of that undergo un underlying, like, psychosexual, this, that, Freudian, whatever, that I'm like, there needs to be a jalo about a, a, about a psychoanalyst. And uh, this one is like, hey. We will, we will have to make this jalo. Yes. Although there are... I'm sure, it, like, it, obviously psychoanalysis is going to play into... Yeah. 
some of these uh, There is a great plots. Uh, plot sort of surrounding that in Fulci's Cat in the Brain, which we mm. haven't watched. No, we haven't. It is a very bonkers, bonkers movie. It, <laughs> but, with a name like that, yeah, I would... I yeah. Would, I would, only the opening, really the opening titles live up to the title. <laughs> so the opening credit sequence is a literal representation of the title. Cat it's in the brain. Fantastic. Nice. Um, and I think what the uh, other title was Nightmare Concerto. <laughs> nightmare concert. Yeah. A, anyway. cat, a cat in your brain would have a nightmare, especially if it's like a, a loud meowing <laughs> sign like breed or something. Cats, then like, it, it would be a, it would be a nightmare concerto. See. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's I don't know. It's I, it's funny seeing the the ana the analyst. Just she's like, oh well, what about this part of my dream? He's like, there's a perfect explanation for that. It's your ego's anxiety of blah blah blah. Like, like I said, you like, could hear his erection growing. Yeah, yeah as just, he's explaining, just could. like ah ha ha. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was funny. Um, really hard to go further on this one without spoiling the fucking movie, though. Hmm, yeah, you might have to take a word for it. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, to talk about some other aspects of it, it plays a lot on the, uh, fantasy dream sequences and how Yeah, and I, I guess that's, that's one thing is, is, um, this dream that's recurring with her going and banging her, her neighbor, mm -hmm. who they know to be a loose woman who hosts orgies down the hall. And, yeah, Bacchanalian orgies. Uh, yes, all these things. Um, so she doesn't actually seem to have much in the way of, she doesn't, we, you know, they see each other in passing, but you don't get the sense that they have any sort of relationship. Yeah, it's this weird It's this weird, like, projected desire, yeah. and the psychoanalyst is like, well, it's, she's clearly a stand-in for all of the vice and... What do you say, like, moral degradation or yeah, something Yeah, yeah, like all that? these things where it's like, okay, so, once again, the, the, the representation of... Queerness, queerness or what, women loving women is, it's it's a metaphor for moral perversity and yeah. degradation and all these other lovely descriptors. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, given how some of the heterosexuality plays out in some of the really more lurid jollos, it's like, okay, you guys need to turn the mirror right around. Yeah, if, it's if like, you, what's uh, this standing for then? Because, woo! <laughs> woo, lads. The one you were telling me, texting me about last night. Oh, God. Okay, warning to everyone out there. Never watch Jallo in Venice. The title of it. Is Jallo in Venice? That movie, yeah. It, please watch Jallo in Venice if you happen to be yeah. like there. Any Go Jallo watch some Jallo. Do. Just not this one. Um, it was one of the rapiest, Oops. shittiest flicks of its kind that I've seen, but it was also cheaply done. Not mm -hmm. that being well done would necessarily make that better, but it is also cheaply done. It's and just some steaming hot pile uh, of garbage. I would just like to take a it. moment to say. But yeah, so I have a beef with the sex pervert in this one, the very heterosexual sex pervert in this one, in that whenever he goes to kiss his wife, especially in the big scene when they're fucking between two boats in yeah. Venice, he plants his upper lip firmly against her upper lip, but then his bottom lip hits somewhere on her neckline below her chin. Like, I never quite got what the phrase sucking face meant before, but it's like, I have literally seen it. It's like he's trying to engulf her chin first, and it's fucking gross. He's just like, oh, blah, 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 all over her chin. It sounds like a teething baby. It kind of is, except oh. he's also a sex offender. Yeah. 
Um, you know when a baby does it, you're like, oh, this is so slobbery, but it's so sweet. Yeah, there is nothing sweet about this guy. <laughs> he would purposely, like, hook up with his wife in public whenever he'd see other dudes watching. And then as he's, like, macking with his wife, he'd always give the other dude, like, this knowing look. Like, yeah, this is what's up. Ugh. And it's like... But he's not portrayed as, like, a dickwad for doing so, I'm guessing. He's portrayed as a dickwad eventually, and... But um, not in those moments. Because, yeah, if you're, if you're portrayed as a He is portrayed as a piece of shit, but the movie still plays it like... like you're supposed to think it's hot. Ugh. Kind of thing. That's what's fucking gross about no. it. Um, because a lot of these movies, they do feature misogynistic violence and sexuality and, and all that kind of stuff. And the camera likes to linger on it. And it can be gross, but there is kind of an almost indescribable feeling of, like, I feel like I'm supposed to think this is bad, mm -hmm. or I feel like they want me to think it's yeah, good. Yeah, I'm not rooting for this. Yeah, like, <laughs> like in this movie, I felt like it was supposed to be done as, like, a turn-on, and Ugh. it's like, yeah, this is bad, but isn't it hot? And it's Can't like, no, this relate. is fucking gross. Nope. Anyway, that's my huge aside on Giallo of Venice. Uh, Venezia, do not, I do not recommend it. Um, yeah, so, degeneracy. It's, mm. it's not just a homosexual pastime. <laughs> but it might only be explicitly called such. Actually, I will give this movie credit in that the big thing is the dude is a sex pervert and his wife's constantly trying to get him to get help to not be a sex pervert. Ah. And then at one point he's just like, okay, I will get help, but you have to do something for me. And then it's just more debauched, gross sex. And it's like, fuck this shit. Ew. And that's not even getting into, like, the explicit sexual violence that's going on. Like, I'm not even going to detail that here, because mm -hmm. people, you know, you if you're that curious, you will probably go watch it, regardless yeah. of what I want to say about it. Exactly. It's gross. Um, and I say that as someone who's seen Irreversible multiple times. <laughs> so that should, that's, that's... A... Seen everything. <laughs> <laughs> seen it all. Seen it all. Anyway, so, yeah, Degeneracy, woo, lads. Speaking of generates, our third film, um, the Italian title is. Perché quelle strane gocce di son. Sa Ooh, look like it says song. No, sangue. <laughs> like <a> dream. <laughs> Not dream blood. Perché quelle strane gocce di sangue sul corpo di Jennifer? Which the literal translation would be. Why? <laughs> these strange drops of blood on Jennifer's body. On the body of Jennifer. Yeah. Like, it means Jennifer's body, but on the body yeah. of Jennifer. Um, no relation the, to the whole song. It's, uh... Come or the movie that we watched. This is... Yeah. Wait, well, which is related. Anyway, yeah, That's it's, enough. um... Before all that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, the English title for this, released here, is Case of the Bloody Iris. Mm hmm There is a bloody iris in this. And to be point. fair, there's also a Jennifer. Yes. The so, both titles would work. Yeah. But this one has both. It has your very... Okay, let's talk about this split here between gay men and gay women in these movies. Oh, yeah. The gay men are always very, um, hoity-toity kind of dudes. Like, they're very, uh... They're bougie. They're dapper and bougie. They're and dandies. They're dandies. That's the they're word. They're just Thank dandy. You. Um, and they're always done in sort of that, like, fairy-esque kind of, mm -hmm. um, cliche yeah. portrayal. Like, they're harmless, but they, they make people uncomfortable. Yeah. And, They're yeah. very mincing. Whereas the women who are gay are always predatory. Like 99% of the yeah. time they are super predators. The rest yeah. of the time they're just sort of predators. Just little, um, like low-key. Yeah, so we get both of those in this one. We, we have the photographer, the, the, oh. the male photographer, <laughs> who is just a treat in this movie. Jesus. Um, 
How did I describe him? Oh, yeah. He looks as if Woody Allen fucked Elton John, and he was the result. Yeah. And that is a very accurate physical description there. Yeah. Um, Without the being a sex offender. Yeah, I'm talking in a physical way, purely. Purely in, like, his face. Yeah, and then doesn't he kind of do that that thing that some white cis guys do, or cis gay guys specifically do, where they will... uh, gratuitously comment on women's bodies or just help themselves to touch them right, and stuff. Because it's, it's okay because they're gay. And then it doesn't mean anything. He has the double okay because he's also the, the famous photographer. Oh, yes, yes, the fashion shoot. And yeah, the, yeah. The ge- artistic genius. Uh, it's, yes. um... So he does that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, Jesus, some of the stuff that he says in this movie is pure gold. Mm-hmm. Like, actually, most of the lines in the movie are pure gold. Yeah, we, should, uh, we should probably play some of them for you at home. So, so there's this. Oh, honestly, you policemen are the limit. <laughs> to think that mommy and daddy wanted me to be a civil servant when I grew up. Come on, have a drink. There's cognac, gin, there's uh, garters, brassiers. Or there's this one. No, Archie's. I get motion sickness. <laughs> and of course. Ah, how about something to drink? I think we could all use one. <laughs> Renzi, where are the glasses? Boss, I, I filed the glasses under B for bar equipment. Uh, where else? One thing. Uh, don't trust your neighbors. Which neighbors? The women. So those are the kind of things that this movie gets up to in its dialogue and writing. Yeah, it's this is uh, what you're treated to if you choose to watch it. Yeah, not my favorite Jello, but it is fucking entertaining it's fun yeah it is a fun uh, time yeah but that's the the guy we also have the woman the the gay woman and the portrayal is very different Mm -hmm. in that she comes off as very predatory yeah the guys like you mentioned are always very like well as you mentioned they're harmless yeah they're, they're ultimately harmless but you can see the kind of visible discomfort in some of them but they're very they have this they also have this take this like dandy kind of. It's like the GBF, the gay best friend kind of thing. Like, yeah, but, but like a set the Italian seventies fashion version. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or like like um, with the birds of crystal plumages, the guy's uncomfortable with them, but mm. he's harmless. He yeah. goes back even when he needs more clue advice or whatever, totally. or he calls them. Yeah. And you know it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's just okay yeah, like because they stand out, but not in an like overtly homophobic. I would say way. It's more just kind of like. Well, wasn't that an interesting yeah. character? <laughs> Whereas in um, Bloody Iris, we've got this uh, woman who lives in the building that the murders are happening in, mm-hmm. and she, I guess, gets the hots for the main character. Yeah, she and has immediate, eyes for she's Jennifer. She's immediately on the prowl. Like she's always trying to get close to her. She's being like very predatory Why don't in her you come actions on into and demeanor, and, and uh, the very touchy, getting the close, yeah. and it's. I don't know, the vibe I get from it is, um, it's a very power movie. <laughs> it, yeah, there are a lot of power um, moves displayed. <laughs> that sort of, like, predatory thing where it's like, how dare you claim that gay women are just predators that are going to take advantage? And also, are you single? Yeah, what, where, where, what, are they, where, all, where are all these, these where predator women? <laughs> it's like predate me <laughs> that's like a really gross way to go about that but it's one of those things that it's conflicting because it's just like they're fucking hot I mean, I see the appeal but also 
This is a kind of a gross depiction to always have bandied at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, again, this is another one that it's kind of hard to go into without spoiling the fucking movie. That's the mm-hmm. problem. These Jalo flicks, so much of the appeal is the ridiculous turns and twists and the red herrings exactly. and trying to figure out who done it. And then when you get the explanation, it's, it never disappoints, even if it doesn't make sense. It's at least entertaining, like, even if it's The process by which they determine... Yeah. Yeah, is like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, I don't necessarily want to go into it here, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe this would be worth... Um, Bunch of little sub-mini-episodes. Yeah, or I could tweet about this with this one in particular. I don't have tons to say, but mm-hmm. uh, there is something there. There's that stuff. It, yeah. And it's a wild ride. It's fun. Yeah. So I guess our last movie that we watched for this, mm. uh, the latest one in the in the bunch, uh, 1982's uh, Tenebrae by Dario Argento once, once again. again. Yeah, once again you have the you have the foreigner, the famous American mystery crime novel writer Peter Neal. Peter Neal. I don't know why I said that like some weird <laughs> pirate. He's he's in Rome for the first time doing like a big press thing for his brand new book Tenebrae. Mm-hmm. Which has just come out. Fresh oh my off the god! Press. And like, right, even in setting that up, we already get some of that classic homophobia. There's the line right. that his agent says. I'll just play it for you. Should we give it context? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so somebody, he, a reporter, I guess, he went to university. With yeah, her he's or known her for like a decade. Yeah, yeah, and um, she start, you know, playing the kind of. She's kind of taking the critical feminist angle, yeah. kind of just, and you, can, you kind of get the sense that she's doing to kind of just like bug him, like she's kind of yeah, waking she, at him when yeah, she does she, it. She's poking the bear with. She this is, one. yeah. Like why, why, oh, why are you showing so much misogynistic violence? Do you hate women like that kind of? Yeah. But it, it, like we said, though, she's kind of like winking at the top, like at it. Yeah. Not literally, but you get the sense in their conversation after where he's like, "Geez, where did that come from?" And she's like, "I'm just doing my job." Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this is what his uh, yeah, agent, agent has to say about her. Yeah, so there's this uh, idea that it's like, oh, she's uppity, she cares about women's rights, and she is going to be in your face about it. She must be a lesbian. She must be a lesbian. And then, she, of course... You've never heard that one before. Oh, you feminist. You're going to be a lesbian. Yeah, and then, of course, our point is undermined by the fact that she is. <laughs> <laughs> but, like... He, he didn't know that. He probably did. <laughs> but it's one of those things that it's still a shitty way to say we it. We didn't know that, that so we can't assume he knew that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but even before all that, uh, early on we're, with the book, we see this uh, woman trying to shoplift it. Mm-hmm. And she gets caught by the security. And so, of course, she tries to flirt her way out of it. Yeah. And then what is her reply when um, she tries to flirt with him? And it's like, I'll make it worth your while. And he doesn't bite. Elsa Manny, 12 convictions for shoplifting. You should have learned by now. Okay, listen. We can make a deal. It was just a paperback, for Christ's sake. I'll give you my address. For later, I mean. Anytime. Come on, give me a break. You're not gay, are you? Who hasn't got that before? Yeah. Ugh. I'll never forget the creep-ass dude who's like, Asked me if I, I was available. I was like, nope. And he's like, oh, what's the matter? Do you like girls? Do you like girls? And it's like, yeah. The reason. When was this? Ugh, fucking creepo at Safeway. 
Oh. Like, weirdly backwards propositioning me online after asking me if I liked anime. Yeah, so... Okay, I know exactly. Yeah, he sucks. Um, but yeah, it was... <laughs> where they automatically were, are you available? Nope. Because at the time, I, I was emotionally unavailable. Yeah. So... And I'm assuming at this point you... And I was just like, no, I'm not available. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's... Why not? Oh, do you like girls? And it's just... I was just like, are you fucking... Yeah, that that, that would be the only reason. She'd be like, yes, but that is besides the point here, sir. Yeah. Well, at the time I was like, oh, yeah. I, I, think, I think I made some comment being like, you know, I don't really know, but so-and-so's legs are pretty great or something. I, some really uh, flippant. This is over Facebook Messenger. Some nice, some nice uh, gay self, gay panic deflection. Where it's like, wait, what? What? Oh, nothing. I've been called out. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's really gross. Yeah, it was. So anyway, yeah. I, I feel like so many people, have, whether or not they are, are of that persuasion, have totally got that. Yeah, image. the assumption is you don't want me. You must be. A big old nozzle. Yeah, but yeah. in this one, it's reverse, where she's just like, this guy doing his job isn't going to let me off the hook? You must be gay. You're not gay, are you? Because that's yeah. the only way you can say no to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so you were setting up the plot. We've got the book agent. We've got the book. Yeah. Well, then um, one of the <laughs> early interviews he has with that um, journalist TV guy. I don't know. It's for, it's for the TV show, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and um, yeah, you have this really interesting exchange where the interviewer, he says something along the lines of, well, you know, this, this book, Tenebre, is about per perversity and... The perverse, perversity's effect on society. Yeah, something. yeah, and then the author goes, well, hold on, hold on, like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? I don't, I don't, I don't really, I wouldn't it's say... It's not just about that. Yeah, it's, it's not just about that. Like, I wouldn't say that. And uh, the interviewer points out that there are gay characters in it, and the, yeah, it's one of the things. Yes, this is one of the things that is perverse, and he and the author goes, "Well, no, no, hold on. Like, I, I, I portrayed them as as the existing in a healthy, happy right, relationship. Yeah. Like, you, you get this idea, like, thanks, Peter Neal, you're a great ally, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> thanks, dude. Peter Neal's an ally. So, um, yeah. but yeah, it just it's funny that you you have that call out where it's like, oh, this this is perverse, but then you have that interesting clap back that's like no it's not like there's nothing inherently perverse about this in fact i, I portrayed them very normally like they're just people it's funny he portrays the gay couple in the book normally as he puts it we don't actually read the book mm -hmm. so we don't know yeah but taking his word we'll for take it, his word for it that they're in a um, healthy homo normative pairing maybe they even have their own 2.5 kids and live in a white yeah, picket nu fence. nuclear family nuclear family um but the <laughs> gay couple in the movie don't or the queer couple don't get that they do not as much because flashing back to the interviewer tilda she is later seen in a bar with her partner um would you like to speak a bit about her partner her partner is you get the sense that she she's bisexual, and she's a disaster about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, she. A pansexual nightmare. Yeah, too. as I said before, where it's like every it's as bad as you think it is. Yeah, she is, you know, all up on some dude being like, oh yeah, let's go back to my place. And she seems to be doing it particularly to poke at her girlfriend too. yeah just like but she's into it she's oh totally yeah. she's like i like guys too 
And so she's just like, the entire time, she's just kind of like looking over her shoulder at her girlfriend. It's like, watch me do this thing that you don't like that I do. So it's yeah. like a two-way grocery. Even though it gets you know? the impression that, that we're in a monogamous, committed relationship, I'm going to do she does. This. She does say at one point that it's like, she, I can't remember the exact comment, but she does make an offhand comment when um, Tilda's about to oh, protest yeah. that it's like, no, we're not in a an open thing. And she's like, okay, give me an hour. I'll see you later. Yeah, I'm going to take him back to our place. Yeah, so like, yeah. they are in an open thing is what it sounds like, Fair but enough. they still have a very toxic thing going on where they it's do. like, she seems very, like, why are you in an open relationship? Um, and if your problem is her bisexuality. That's a problem right there, right? Because, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, would you have had the same protest if her girlfriend was going after another woman? Right. Um, we don't know. Yeah, exactly. But then with uh, her girlfriend, she's sort of, like, using this bi-promiscuity. Like, you know, the uh, the gross stereotype of bisexual promiscuity. Like, oh, I can't like, date a bisexual because I'll have twice the competition it, and exactly. twice as likely to cheat. And exactly. Yeah. Like, we're getting that portrayal and it's being weaponized to fuel, like, the lesbian insecurity mm-hmm. from the partner. And so just it's, the, like, shitty conflict between, between them and their weirdly toxic relationship. Yeah, so their relationship is all kinds of fucked up. Yes. Um, and... We see them at home later, and they are having, like, a lover's quarrel. Like, they're throwing shit at each other. Or I guess Tilda's throwing shit at her. Yeah, glass vase. Yeah, as she's just, like, naked walking around and just, like, saying comments like, Oh, wow, that really was a workout. That was a great fuck. Yeah, basically. And listening to this fucking, like, really tense goblin track that... (laughs) It's this really, like, driving It's the recurring, like... And, action and is then happening we find song. out that she's playing it on a oh, record. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like it's, diegetic it's, sound. Yeah, yeah, it starts out, you think it's just the soundtrack of the movie, and then, yeah, she's playing it actually on the record player. Yeah, it's like, turn it down, you're like, wait, that was in, oh. Oh. I love when they do that. It's like in the Beyond. <laughs> the semi-diegetic. Another movie that we will talk about, the Beyond, where uh, you hear this really, like, creepy, like, piano, like, do, 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 and then it cuts to the main character sitting on a couch awkwardly as the woman she's visiting is playing the song on the piano. It's like, this is the weirdest fucking song to be busting right now. Well, that shit, I think, I think Twilight, too. Oh, God. (laughs) I remember with the one film studies class I took, the prof was just like, okay, guys, we have to watch this clip. It's going to kill you. And then everyone audibly groaned and we we realized that the piano music that had been playing over this stuff, then all of a sudden you show Edward at the piano. <laughs> and everyone's just like, oh. Oh, that's great. Yeah, she just she was just smirking at us. She's like, that yeah, I knew you guys would react grim. this way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when they are in the house, they are being menaced at one point by the killer. Mm-hmm. And at the point you hear the killer hiss at them, he calls them perverts, filthy, disgusting perverts. Yep. And so it's kind of like a, an extrapolation of the themes that Peter Neal's criticized for his book. You you see that there's this now this killer that is like, there's the mirroring between the yeah. book and... Because I guess we should mention the very first murder, it like copies the new book. He The killer literally rips pages out of the book and stuffs them in the victim's mouth. So yeah. you know that this is like the Tenebrae killer. Like, yeah. yeah. The, he's, he has a thing for, for Mr. Neal and his books and this book in particular. Yeah, it's, uh... So, we we know for a fact it's not just coincidental, it's actually, like, very intentional. But yeah, for them to suggest, like, oh, this book's about perversion, and then for the killer who's inspired by this to literally call them filthy perverts and kill them for this reason, we assume. 
Yeah, and then we know that he killed them because of that, because the note he leaves right. for the uh, crime guys is like, the crime boys. For, for Peter. It says, sick transit Gloria Lesby. Right. Which is Latin for like, I don't know what the fuck. Something of the glory of Lesbos? Let's just play the clip. Sick transit Gloria Lesby. So passes the glory of Lesbos. What does that mean? It means our killer most likely had a higher education and studied Latin. I don't know, maybe he's killed again. But yeah, so... Referring to, of course, the island in Greece where Sappho's from. Not our cat, the poetess we named her after. The yeah. archaic Greek poetess of whom fragments survive today. Yeah, so we... Yeah, so he, he, he's, he's specifically alluding to... Yeah. Like, killed him because they're gay. Yeah, like Glory that, of that doesn't really feel like it's at question in, no. in this thing. No. no, there's no speculation there. Beyond Tenebrae, these kind of characters show up in so many of these movies. All of the like, like I said on Jello scores, I believe it is a criteria that you can get points for. Is there a gay or lesbian character in it? That makes you more Jello than the rest. Sadly, they're not always great depictions. And one thing I would love to do if I had that sweet Hollywood bank behind me. Or is, a sweet, weird, international conglomerate... German, Swiss, French. Yes, right. If I managed to get <laughs> funding from, from all the different countries, then I had to put, like, two stars from each of their countries in my movie and, and shoot it. And dub it all. Dub it all after yeah. the fact, just like these flicks. Um, I would take the Jallo-esque, I think it's a Jallo, uh, Autopsy from 1975 starring Mimsy Farmer, and I would remake it because that movie is batshit and there's so much cool shit about it. But the egregious heterosexuality in it, it's like, when I say egregious, I mean there's an uncomfortable element to how relationships play out in this that, in my mind, detracts from the movie. So I would remake this hella gay. And not uncomfortable. Very comfortable. Super comfortable in its gayness. Because the relationship stuff could 100% be changed, and what I like about the movie, at least, or like a lot of the cool Jello stuff, would be largely unaffected in anything you'd be adding in another interesting d dimension to this mm -hmm. movie i would gladly remake most movies and make them gay mm -hmm. yeah we have ideas we should share them at some point in this podcast <laughs> uh oh we've Man got ideas, ideas. So we have definitely been talking for quite a while at this point. Yeah. This will probably be our longest episode yet. <laughs> um, if not, it'll be close. Uh, so let's go to those recommendations. Yeah. Do I go, I go first this yeah, time? Yeah, you go first this time. Okay. Um, well, picking this because we're, we're on the topic of, of Jalo films. Mm -hmm. Partly because I've only seen this once years ago. I want I want an excuse. Well, I don't need an excuse to rewatch it, but I want I've been wanting to rewatch it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, interestingly, I don't think we've mentioned this, but most of the, the most famous Jalo films, the three big names you'll hear for directors are Argento, Bava, Bava and, and Martino. Fulci. Fulci, I think he's more famous for oh, his, Oh, just like, Italian horror, I guess. His eh? horror, like yeah. his splatter horror movies. Right. Those are the three big, like, Italian horror names, though, I think. When for you horror, think absolutely, yeah. yeah. But for Jalo, sorry, who was the other one? I would say probably Martino or Lindsay. Okay. Um, there's a bunch, but, like... 
the two big Jello guys are Mario Bava and uh, Dario Argento. But yeah, yeah, Fulci for horror for sure. Yes. Okay. Those are the sort of the, the trifecta. Yeah, that, of, that, that is the holy yeah. trinity of. Anyway, this guy, this director is none of these. None but of these. He also has a, a very highly regarded film. Um, so the director is Avati, and the film is in English the house. With the house with laughing windows. Yes. La casa delle finestre che ridono. Mm -hmm. 1976. I have written down here. So uh, that one, I want to rewatch it. It's, I can see why this one's in the back of your head yeah. too. If you don't remember, like the big art fresco and it's got yeah, an art yeah, it's history like, angle to it. Yeah, and there's some there's some cool stuff in there. Very yeah. artsy, very stylized. From what I remember, so very interesting settings of very dilapidated yeah, buildings. One of the few ones that has more of a rural. Yeah, that's right. They're, yeah. Always, they're always like London, New York, Rome. Yeah, what? There's this one. Filmed in and, Turin. Um, Don't Torture a Duckling, which is fantastic. Right. Yep. Um, we will probably talk about that at some point, too. Most oh, of these yeah. movies we will be talking about at length. Mm -hmm. um, at some point. But yeah, no, that's a good choice. I've only seen it the one time, too. And we watched um, it together, right? Yeah, <laughs> so we will watch it together years. yet again. Yes. I'm looking forward to it. Me, too. And uh, for my choice... There were so many I could have picked, because I love the genre. I tried to steer clear from something that I have a set idea for an episode about later. Okay. Not saying we won't revisit this, mm -hmm. but it's just... I'm, I'm not going to suggest something that it's like, okay, I already have an excuse to show this to you. <laughs> uh, but this one is tailor-made for you. I think I brought it up briefly at one yeah, point. Brief. It is the Bloodstained Butterfly, also known as Una Farfalla con le ali insinguinate. The Bloody Wings? Yep. The Bloody butterfly, Wings of the, the Butterfly. Bloody wings. Cool, cool. Um, it is things you will love in that it is a giallo, but also a courtroom drama. Yes! This is like You're right. your bread and butter. <laughs> yeah, so. my, my law and order meets Italian horror. Yeah, so it nice. will be... I remember liking it. I honestly don't remember much about this movie because I've seen it the once... It was a while ago, for sure. Okay. So, I've never seen it, so I'm excited. So that's another one I've been meaning to revisit. Mm -hmm. um, I do remember enjoying it. The one I recommended, it was put out by Arrow Video not all that long ago, last couple of years. That's how I saw it. Um, House with Laughing Windows might be a little harder to get. I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure it's... I think it was even out of print when I managed to find a copy. a copy from <laughs> um, You know, just Amazon Marketplace. Yeah. Uh, that one, I will say that I... I don't remember tons about it, but I do remember thinking it was worth every fucking penny. Cool. It's a really good one. I, re I, re I remember liking it. And so, from what little, the little yes. flickers of memory I have about yeah. it. So. No, really I remember thinking it was great. So I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing it again. Mm -hmm. Well, that should probably do it for us today. Yeah, we can go to bed. Yeah, fun, fun, fun. Yeah. But I guess, as we always say, if you want to take it away. Rilassati e fatti perversi. Si, bravo. <laughs> All right. Ciao.